Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. and welcome back to the ladies who law school podcast i'm sam and i'm Haley. and this week's episode is brought to you by so you guys know barcast audio as you know the seven mb subjects uh podcasts like audio lessons right well guys now you can get each individual subject a la carte so you can get contracts you can get civ pro you can get crim law you can get evidence in con law by itself. Yes, guys, use the code LADIES, L-A-D-I-E-S, at checkout to get 10% off any of the BarCast audio subjects. With that, you will not only get the audio lectures, flashcards, and workshops, but you will also get the attack sheets. Guys, this is perfect if you're taking a summer class right now, or maybe you're thinking, I just want to get ahead This is your opportunity to do a little listening and a little learning with BarCast Audio. So you guys, I'm really excited about this sponsor, Um, Angela Vorpal. So she was on our podcast late last year, and she talked about how to position yourself for a job in big law and kind of what that process looks like. So definitely check that episode out. We'll link it below. But anyway, she's a former big law associate herself, and she graduated in the top 1% of her law class. I know, right? And now she's a full-time law school strategy coach, and she teaches law students all the techniques and actions to basically master your time, craft a study strategy to get top grades, and land your first job out of law school because that's what we all want, right? Mm -hmm. So she's putting on a free, emphasis on free, 1L Masterclass for anyone who is headed into law school this cycle. So you're probably wondering, what's in this free masterclass? It will cover the three biggest mistakes 1Ls make that prevent them from hitting their ambitious grade goals. And she's including her signature three-part framework to help you correct those mistakes and compete for top grades. So if you guys are looking to cut through the confusion and uncertainty that is 1L, and really show yourself what you're capable of, be sure to check out Angela's free 1L Masterclass. But man, Samantha, I wish that there was something like this when we would have started law school because it would have been so nice to not only know what to expect, but how to consistently get an A 
As you know, I haven't made one yet, so maybe I need to join this class too. It's just such a tough thing to go through law school, so don't do it by yourself and make sure and join Angela at her free masterclass. To sign up, the link will be below, but in case you're just, you know, want to do it right now, it's www.1l, that's a uh, number one letter L, masterclass.com. All right, guys. So we have a very interesting episode this week. You know us, we are all into marketing and, you know, we want to open up our own firms one day. So we thought that it would be awesome to have one of the leading voices in the law firm marketing space come talk to you guys. So without further ado, let's get into it. Please help me welcome our guest, Karen Conroy. Hi, Karen. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. So, Karen, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I run a marketing agency that works exclusively with lawyers and law firms. And I've been doing this for about 13 years. I started out way back in the beginning of the internet, working at this little internet cafe in Laguna Beach. And Um, It was a whole different world for the internet and technology and everything back then. So I started to learn how to do websites and stuff like that back then, went back, got, went through a whole design uh, degree and then got my MBA. So I have a combination where I use, I feel like I use both parts of my brain where I do the design side and the creative and then the really analytical, more business focused side. And I bring that together in a way that's, that's different. And I approach projects in a, you know, sort of whole brain size way of, of looking at it. So what made you want to do law firm marketing? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I get that question a lot. And, um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that was what I wanted to do. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It just sort of happened that way. Um, so I, you know, throughout, throughout my whole career, I've tried a lot of different things. At one point, I was the director of marketing at Century 21. And at that point, I was doing a lot of websites and website projects on the side because, you know, a lot of people knew I knew how to do that. And I did a few websites for people who I knew who were lawyers who were starting their own thing. And websites are very viral. I mean, as soon as people see it, and this was, you know, way back when nobody knew who would do this. And so uh, once I did a few, uh, it just kind of went from there. And then in our previous recession, all of a sudden, I had more work doing this kind of side gig that I was doing on the side than I was working at a corporate job. And working corporate was like killing my soul. And so I yeah. um, started my own thing. And it just, it, it all just kind of worked out and all the pieces came together, the background in design, the background in marketing, and wanted to have my own thing, be my own boss. And so, the, you know, that all came together and I started building that. And the other thing I did was I was this website called Lawyerist that was just starting at the time. And they didn't, and at the time it's different now, but at the time it was more of like a guest post kind of blog thing. And I was doing all the writing on marketing. So I was there just, you know, before people were talking about this idea of like thought leadership and, you know, being an expert and, and I was just there writing market marketing articles and being present. And, um, the one thing, so at this point I I had just finished my MBA 
And the, one of the main things that our main marketing professor talked about is, you know, find your clients and be where they are. So that those are my clients. That's where they were. And I was just being present and providing resources and information and writing all kinds of posts. And, uh, and that was really what launched my, my whole firm. And I have a lot of those clients still from, from those, uh, days that started way back when, when it was an HTML site, they were really static and brochure like, and we've done, you know, many, many different variations of their website over the years. (laughs) So that's awesome. So you do a lot. Okay. So it's crazy to me to think about a world without the internet. I'm going to be right. Honest, right. So whenever you talk about making websites, I think about how important a skill yeah. like design and graphic design and website design and coding and all the things are. And now I can totally see some lawyers out there going like, I can't do this. So I'm going to hire her to help me out. And it's crazy to think about the beginning of a website to what it is now. And can you just tell us like what that evolution has looked like? Yeah, I think that's funny because I, my experience with most lawyers has been the flip where um, lawyers are very educated, intelligent people, Mm -hmm. and they don't want to feel like they don't know anything. Um, and so, um, you know, I know we're going to talk later about kind of tips and ideas, but the first thing is to kind of know what you don't know. And this is for anything in life, you know, to not, I wouldn't go and take apart my washer and dryer right now because I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm going to create a bigger nightmare. I'm not going to take apart my phone because I have no idea what's inside. Yeah. So, um, starting by understanding that your whole marketing strategy and approach is not a Squarespace site is kind of the first step where uh, I get a lot of people that say, I don't understand why your prices are what you're quoting me. I can put together a website. I have a nephew. I have a cousin. And it's like, okay, well, yes. But here's the thing. There's a big difference between strategy and tactics. So your website is just a tactic. Your uh, back in the day, it was like yellow pages ads. That's a tactic. Um, You know, all of these different little pieces, your social media approach, whatever that may be. Some people that may mean nothing. um, That's not correct for them. That's a tactic. But all of those tactics need to fit under this bigger umbrella of your strategy. So you need to start with who am I? Who are my clients? Why do I care? Why do they care? How do I find them? Where do I go to get them? And once you have that strategy, all those questions are answered. But if you do it backwards and back into it, which a lot of people do, a lot of very intelligent, successful people do it backwards, then you end up making up for all of those missteps and you go down all these wrong avenues and you don't know what the right answers are because you don't have the bigger picture idea of of where they fit in. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. 
Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frida McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. And correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like they end up throwing a lot of money at things that they don't really understand and then are confused why it it doesn't work. Right. Right. It's like, I I talked to this guy, Bob, he's down the street and he's a totally different practice area than me, but he told me I should be on Instagram spending at least $5,000 a month. Um, So, okay, I'm going to show up. And it's like, why, why are you doing that? You know? Um, So... So when you, uh, I think your question, I was trying to remember how I got off on that tangent. I think your question was about websites and things like that. And the first thing is to take a step back from all of that. Start with your strategy and make sure that all of those decisions are uh, in line with kind of what your goals are and who your people are and how you find them and all of that stuff. Um, So, so yeah, so I have, I was at a conference before COVID a couple of years ago. And I sat down at this, it was like the lunchtime. And I sat down at a table and introduced myself. And there was a guy who does construction law sitting at the table. And he's like, so what about Twitter? I'm like, what about it? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. he, he said, well, you know, so somebody told me I should be tweeting or, and I said, okay, so what, who are your clients? And, you know, oh, they're, they're like blue collar construction workers. And, um, I said, so do you picture your client tweeting and, you know, being looking for you on Twitter? Like they've got an injury, they hurt themselves at work and they need your help. Are they going to go to Twitter for that? You know, or are they going to look for your advice on Twitter? He's like, oh, probably not. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I mean, like it took me a minute to figure that out. So, but people get so distracted by the next shiny object Mm -hmm. that, um, and it's so hard to see someone else being super successful at something and to, you know, that, that FOMO and feeling like that should be me is really hard to set aside and, and recognize, okay, that's not the right avenue for me. That just doesn't fit. And I will let you know, first thing that we preach here that you cannot just take the magic pill and one prescription fits all, right? Like whatever kind of practice you go into, you really do. I love that you talk about having a strategy, um, building your personal brand. I feel like that's something that we've talked about and that is a strategy, right? Like who's my, who am I going after? What are my intentions with my potential future clients, especially as us as young students of the law learning 
all these different areas. It's kind of like, you know, whenever they talk about Joe blow down the streets doing PI and he's doing all these different things. Should I be doing that? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what are we going to be doing? That's right. Right. So I want to know what kind of lawyers you are working with. And, and, you know, obviously we know that one size doesn't fit all. So, you know, can you share any of your stories or any of your clients that like, yeah, I work with attorneys literally all over the world. So um, I've had clients in different countries for the most part, they're all in the U.S., um, and they're all across different practice areas. So it's really important for me uh, initially to understand uh, if it's a right fit for me uh, because I, I don't uh, uniquely work with a certain kind of practice area, but I don't work with a certain kind of lawyer. So if they don't see the value in me and they don't um, feel – if they're coming in trying to – um, kind of fine tune and split hairs on the proposal and the details and the cost. Yes. If they, if it seems like they just can't afford it, that's probably not a good fit. If yeah. it seems like um, they, uh, so there's a whole intake process that I have that I've refined over years and years. And this is the same. It should be the same for any business, especially law firms. Yes. And the intake process is not just, um, who are you? What kind of case do you have? Does this fit within our practice area? But which is important like that. You do need to ask those things, but it's also, uh, let me try to get to the heart of what kind of a client you're going to be because there, there's no lesson harder learned than taking on a client that has already shown you so many red flags. And you knew in the beginning, you had a gut feeling and you took it on anyway. And you knew that it wasn't going to be worth it. And no, there's a point when you start to see their emails and it's just your stomach just cringes and it's, it's not, it's not a good fit on either end. Um, and so over years and years of having those experiences where it's like, well, it's money. I, you know, I should just, whatever. Uh, it, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for even my reputation. It's not worth it for the client. It's, it's, a, you know, so finding those good clients and figuring out the definition of what that means, which is going to be different for every um, business, for every kind of practice area, for every law firm, for every person. Yeah. Um, some people only want to work with, maybe you only want to work with underprivileged groups or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so whatever that, that is, that intake process is, is really important to define straight away. And I even have sort of a, it started out as sort of a scorecard early on where I could just say, okay, there's the kind of three main criteria. They, you know, I'm giving five points for each. They have to have a score of eight total or greater, or it's just a no, uh, or whatever the number was. And then over time, I can just do it in my head. Like after you've done it about 20, 30 times, you can figure it out. But then it becomes not this emotional decision where it's like, okay, I have, I've already calculated this. This is just a logical, succinct decision that I know um, that even though I may feel weird about it right now, this is not right. And, um, you know, so I will professionally refer them to someone else. I will be, you know, I have set scripts where even if I, I kind of hesitate initially, I send the script so I don't have to rethink it. I'm sorry, this isn't going to be great and whatever. And then I just send it. And a hundred percent of the time 
I come back and in some way recognize that it was the right decision. <laughs> um, what I was thinking, so for marketing in general, what are some like don'ts um, for people? You know, I, I just feel like there's, you know, the billboards and all this crazy stuff in marketing and like what's not worth your time to do in marketing? Well, I mean, it's going to sound like a marketing kind of answer, but you know, there it's different for everyone and there's no one, no thing for anyone. So Mm -hmm. billboards are right for like a personal injury kind of attorney in the right place where their clients are going to see them. So the answer is find out who your clients are, where they are, your ideal clients, not just any client that could walk through the door, pick up the phone, but your ideal client, find out where they are and be there. So that construction guy, Twitter is not the right answer for him. Um, but, you know, f- define that, figure out what that answer is. And your no's are going to be the obvious, like, oh, okay, I, I'm not going to waste my time over here. Or you, even more likely, there's going to be a lot of areas where it's like, maybe. And so if that's a maybe, that's fine. We could put, you know, an hour a month or whatever, you know, whatever, a very low percentage of your priority time is devoted to that. But I'm not going to sit, if I've decided Instagram is, you know, just a maybe, then I'm not going to sit and spend, you know, 30 hours a week and, you know, all this time chasing after what I already know from the beginning is probably, you know, a mediocre success. And, you know, some of those maybes, it's not a no. And it's definitely worth at least having some kind of a presence because you never know where people want to find you. And you could find like little, you know, pockets of people who are um, suddenly attracted to that and they may find you that way. And it's, it's, you know, kind of a unique thing, but you don't want to overdo it. And like, you know, you want to allocate your time to those things that seem really clearly obvious. So for me, that was lawyerist where, It was specifically focused on solo and small firms. So it's all these, you know, either new or young attorneys uh, at the time. Now it's kind of more broad, but, um, and they're for the most part starting their firms and looking for all these resources on, on everything. And marketing was only one piece of it. So it was even all the technology, how you set up the law firm, what um, kind of equipment you use, you know, all, all of the pieces of, of a firm and, so that was a perfect target for me where I looked at it and was like, oh yeah, clearly. Like it doesn't take a lot of time to glance at something and just immediately check the box. So I kind of flipped the question like, you know, the no's are going to be where they, where you obviously know the people aren't, but um, it should be clear and obvious. And even when it comes to when you dig into your marketing strategy and approach, um, a lot of people feel like they have to spend so much time and effort understanding all of these different things, especially when it comes to things like SEO and the more technical side of things. And at the end of the day, you should just know if it's working. It shouldn't be rocket science. You should know if your phone is ringing and you're getting more cases and you're making more money. Like that should be super obvious. And so um, you should have some gut understanding of, oh, this person came in because they told me they searched for me on Google, or this person came in because they got, you know, somebody referred them to me. And that person just sent me five referrals in the last month. Okay. So now I need to, you know, continue down that Avenue. And then I also spent 10 hours over here on Instagram. No one ever mentioned Instagram. So in your gut, you just have an understanding like, okay, that's, 
not really working. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have these elaborate analytics and details and reports to understand what's happening and to know which things are working and which things to continue on doing. Because at the end of the day, marketing is a lot of trial and error. Yeah. So let's say someone wants to open up a firm right after law school and they don't have any experience in any of this and they hire you to build a website for them or something. What are you going to put on their website if they, you know, don't, if they're just starting out from scratch, you know, like what, what do you include on there? Right. Yeah. That's always tricky um, because usually where most people start is by looking at, you know, what other people's sites look like and they get super overwhelmed. Like, Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, everyone, it's like a resume. Everyone inflates their experience and makes themselves look way more important. I mean, sometimes they are, but a lot of times it's like very inflated. Um, But um, so where you start with uh, that, if your experience is on the weaker side is you start with your overall approach. There's got to be, some wins that you've had in your uh, in your background that you can spin in a positive way, whether it was you know projects you work on in law school, whether it was clerking for a certain person, whatever those things are, certain jobs that you had that may be somehow tangentially related to that kind of work, you can use that and elevate it in a way that aligns with your positioning. So all that positioning and that strategy has to be there in the first place. And the approach of most websites is done really poorly, where it's the first impression when you land on that site on the like main header homepage is we're X lawyers in Y city doing Z practice area. And what it should be doing is speaking to that client and saying, we understand your problem. We can solve it. And here's how. And none of those has to do with how many years of experience you've had, how Uh, what law school you went to and how many years ago it's, can you solve my problem? And that's all anybody cares about. I mean, even when you're shopping for something on a website, the first thing is, okay, I'm looking for a pair of black pants. Does this website have my black pants? I don't care when the, when the company was founded, I don't care where these people went to school to learn how to design black pants. I want to know if this website has black pants. So let's So first start with my problem is I'm looking for black pants. Do you think you might have black pants? And then if I care a lot, like let's say I want black pants that were made in a sustainable way, um, then I might care to go figure out, okay, how does this company make their pants? Are they using sweatshops in some like third world company country or are they making them in a way that aligns with what I care about? then I will take that next step. But if you don't upfront tell me that you've got the black pants, I'm going to go to the next website. So if you're telling me that you went to law school and you're super important and everybody cares so much about you, I don't care about that right away. The first thing I need to know is, do you have the black pants? And so right off the bat, um, I don't care about your experience and that doesn't matter to me. And so for someone who doesn't have, they're not confident in their breadth of experience, that works in your favor and you can really lead with that. And you can start by talking about how you solve problems. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like thinking, great advice. You know, I'm thinking, okay. okay. That makes sense. How do I solve you know? people's problems? Because that's all the what it, websites yeah. I've seen, you know, and I'm thinking in my head of the ones I've liked and not liked. And, and the ones where it's just like the, the face of the lawyer and you're kind of like, okay. Yep. Or the ones where they have just um, pictures that are not even the lawyers. It's yeah. Just like, like the stock photos, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because they're like, okay, uh, first of all, 
the larger the firms get, the more risk averse they are. And so they don't want to put anything that might, you know, be kind of questionable. So like, what's the most boring thing we can do is let's, let's see our office is in Dallas. Let's put a picture of Dallas skyline. Like it, it but it says nothing. It doesn't yeah, support so anything. It doesn't convey anything to that user. So if I'm coming to your site, looking for the black pants, I want to see a picture of black pants, or I want to see a picture that even better that conveys that you are a sustainable company like that would be even better so if I'm looking for a lawyer who let's say I just got a DUI and I'm looking for a lawyer to help me with that first of all the last thing I want to see is a picture of a glass of whiskey next to a gavel and you've Mm -hmm. seen these pictures over and over a glass of whiskey which is the problem I have I don't want to think about my problem I want to think about how you're going to solve that I know what my problem is and it's keeping me up at night And what I want to see is how you are going to solve that problem. How are you going to either, um, you know, somehow get me to justice or freedom or whatever that, whatever that solution looks like is not the whiskey. Or if I just got arrested on like a drug charge, I do not want to see handcuffs. I do not want to see the police. That's the last thing I want to think about. I want to see how you're going to help me clear my record. I want to see how you are going to help me think about my future in a way that doesn't have this drug charge on it. Um, And then for smaller, you know, those are all criminal defense stuff. If you're, you know, a different kind of practice area, you still are going to focus on that solution in a, in, in, that's almost easier because it's like, okay, maybe we are an estate planning firm. Well, we're helping families and we're helping everybody feel like we've got these, you know, everything's buttoned up and we've got these plans and you are, you're, you're at peace or whatever those solutions are. It's not a picture of a will. Nobody wants to think about when you're actually going to die and people reading your will. Like that's awful. That makes you feel nauseous. So you just focus on those solutions uh, aim towards what your clients are coming to you for. And that's when people are like, I just, I don't know what it was, but I just knew in my gut, you were the right person to hire. And it's not just this gut sort of universal thing that's happening. It's solid marketing that's speaking to them like on a psychological level that they can't even necessarily point a finger to it, but you know what, what's happening. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. I love good psychology and marketing and all of that. So what would you say to all the law students out there that are, you know, learning the law right now and one day they're going to grow up and either they're going to work at a firm or they're going to, you know, work for the government and maybe they won't need marketing right away. But I feel like it's later in your career that you always end up needing marketing. And I feel like the more you talked about some of your clients, the more I can just imagine who these people are. Right. Right. And I think, so what do you tell us now that we should take with us for later, you know, to remember like, or is there anything we should do now to prepare? Like, should, should you make an Instagram and, you know, stuff like that? Oh, that's a good. Okay. So, so I'm going to come back to the anything now to prepare because I have to think about that for a minute. Um, and I'm saying it so that I remember in a minute what that question is. <laughs> but as far as the people who are going to li- live, work inside of a bar- bigger firm, wh- whatever that is, whether it's a government organization, maybe you are a public defender, or maybe you are just working in some bigger firm, you're still 
working and you're still running a business. Like this is not a charity. You are not just kind of rescuing animals from a shelter. And even then you probably need money. Um, so think about it in terms of a business. You still are solving problems. You have to make money. You need to be profitable and you need to, you know, recognize all of those elements of a business, having a plan and someone in that firm, whether it's your firm or somebody else's firm, they're going to hold your feet to the fire in terms of having the appropriate number of billable hours, if that's the way they do things, basically making money and making it work. So think about what your approach is and start thinking big picture strategy in terms of who you really care about. Like what, what kind of work do you really want to do? And what, what is it that you care about so that you can then figure out what those solutions are that you're trying to solve. So what the problems are that you're trying to solve, the solutions that you offer for those problems. So what is it, you know, are you wanting to go, um, you know, work in nonprofit work and, you know, find some kind of, you know, problem with underserved communities and whatever? Great. No, maybe you care a lot about some kind of criminal defense work and you and you're trying to help people um, find that kind of freedom and, you know, get get a balanced judgment or whatever the case. I am not a lawyer, so I don't know what all the different options are and what people care about. (laughs) I can just tell you how to market it. But define that from the get go, because it will never change that you need to focus on your clients and where they are and how to serve them and where, how to be there. I mean, marketing and technology and the approach that all of those things change. And so those things are kind of at the surface, always changing. The websites have changed so many times and the technology, and it's always changing. Like every six months or so, you basically need a new website. So the idea is to find the broad ideas that even if the technology is changing kind of on the surface level, you still have the depth of your approach and your strategy and the understanding of where your firm fits in the overall market that won't change over time. So then the other question was what to do now. So (laughs) I had to think about that for a second. Um, I think it would, I would still say, Think about the strategy and, and don't, I would say basically that it's, it's a, it's a don't instead of a do don't get too hung up in any one approach because you probably don't know where you're going to end up. And even if you start at a place right now, a few years down the road, it's, you'll probably, you know, things will change. Your, your career is never not likely going to stay the same for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, and neither is technology and neither for sure is social media. So don't get too hung up in like, I have owned this little piece of Instagram and, you know, this is, this is my world right here because all of a sudden Instagram changes their algorithm and you are out of luck. Like everything just gets wiped out. So, um, I I guess that would be my advice. Like don't get too hung up in any one thing, build yourself and your expertise up and know, just kind of continue to refine who those clients are because then it plays out in all the parts and even in that intake stuff I was talking about knowing where those red flags are and knowing how to avoid the people that are just going to make your life miserable absolutely I mean whenever I was thinking about okay yeah what what should we do now and I was thinking figure out 
as we are closer to the end of our law school journey, we kind of know what we want to do. And it's like, who's our clients? And I think even the strategy, like you said, going with the who, the what, the why, uh, what's your, how do you solve people's problems for the certain area that you're going to be in? And, and that's something easily you can think about as you especially move through different areas of law in law school thinking, okay, how would this fit or how would I fit here? And is this something that I want to do? You know, I think that that's something you can take with you throughout your entire career. Yeah. I think actually um, the one thing I would add as you were talking that I was thinking about is things like this, this podcast that you're putting together where you are, this, it's not like you are really narrowly defining these conversations. Like let's only talk about a certain practice area or a certain kind of client. Let's just broadly put ourselves out there and talk about law and talk about, you know, this kind of whole building a law firm. These are the kinds of things that long-term will pay off where you are getting yourself out there. And, you know, in normal times, it would probably be more like regular networking, that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. podcasts are a perfect thing in, in these days where, you know, we're not like around people as much and um, that kind of stuff. But um, these are the right kinds of things to do to start to get those broad experiences that you can relate to so many different angles um, and just kind of getting out there and having a broad understanding for what your options are and then what appeals to you. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's the whole, you know, sorting through what kind of law you're going to do. That's it's kind of the same thing. And I love how your intake process is similar to what our intake process is and should be, right? Right. And we've heard so many uh, lady lawyers that are practicing that say, you know, beware of certain clients, pay yeah. attention, yeah. you know, and they give you your tip, their tips and tricks for what they do. And you're just like, whoa. Yeah. And it's not until you're working that you're like, this is what they were talking about. You right. know, exactly. So it's yeah. good that and we're having that conversation. Right. And some of those lessons are hard learned, but then they make for great stories. So like when you yeah. do like have whatever, I write a lot of articles or I'm on podcasts, or whatever, they do make for good stories. But at the time, it's like, it's just overwhelming and it's miserable and it makes life really hard to deal with. Um, I had a couple other things that I wrote down that I was just referencing. And the one, the other thing I would say as far as like a don't, um, and this is kind of spinning your question, but there's a a huge temptation to do a lot of like the quick and easy marketing things. Um, And this is where a lot of shameless marketers, you know, where marketing has this sort of little subsection of people who have sort of brought shame onto marketing where people feel like it's snake oil and um, they kind of go for those quick coercive, really like spam things like um, fake reviews, people who just kind of feel like those hustlers where they're just coming after you. And sales has that a little bit too. And sales and marketing kind of go hand in hand where you've got like that used car salesman kind of approach. And so I guess, you know, the short piece of advice there is to try to avoid that stuff. But it's it's not as easy as it necessarily seems because it always seems like, you know what? I can go onto Fiverr, spend $10 and buy a whole bunch of fake followers, like, why wouldn't I do that? Nobody's probably going to know. But in the end, everybody always figures this stuff out. And in the end, it, it never pays off. 
And you then are damaging this long-term reputation that you've spent so much time and effort and money building up. So that's the other thing I would say is to, uh, there's always going to be something that seems like it's like the golden ticket, some quick little fix and whatever. And there's no golden ticket in any kind of business exercise. So, um, you know, I always talk about taking this big step back and looking at, you know, broad marketing strategy that has been the same for 50 years before the internet. These ideas have not typically changed. So yeah, the internet is, has, has added a different level of access and communication, but you still do it in the same way that, you know, you talk to human beings, like you are a human being, act like a human being and don't try to like, you know, do the Nigerian uh, email sales tactic. (laughs) Well, and I'm thinking too, like, those are just really, really bad tactics, you know? And it, it feels sketchy and yeah. I don't want to hire lawyers like who, that do that. Yeah. But also like, it's not, there's no strategy behind it. And right. if I've learned anything from this conversation, you got to have a strategy before you just That's go out wheeling and dealing, like it's not going to do you any good. So, right. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, people don't start there and they start by, you know, there's a lot, you see a lot of lawyers out there that are doing these kind of sketchy things and yeah. So, um, so as crazy as it seems, when you look at it from, you know, a little distance, people get caught up in it and it's easy to, to assume that you, there's like these quick answers and there isn't, there isn't. Yes. <laughs> there I, have aren't. A, I have a question just about like websites specifically, cause sure. it's got me thinking. So when some of the websites have like a million awards, right. Yeah. So if a lawyer has like a million awards and they're saying that they're like top 40 under 40 or whatever, but it seems like every lawyer that I go on their website, it has, it it says the same thing. So what is that? And how does that work? Those do matter. And some of them matter a lot more. Um, And it depends on who your clients are. Um, But those are all, there's different names for those, but for the most part, they're called trust indicators. So Mm. there's a reason why the reviews on Amazon are such a big deal. Like Mm, it matters, you know, but we have become so critical and skeptical of reviews that you have to be careful with it. Like everything else. Like if I see that there's only four reviews on Amazon on a product and they all say the same thing. And then, you know, some of them will even say, this has been a paid review. Like all of a sudden I'm, I'm going to the next thing. And this is the same, this is just buyer psychology. This is the same yeah. with, you know, clients that are coming to a law firm, people who are buying a book on Amazon or whatever. This is just how psychology works. So the trust indicators matter. And especially for certain types of practice areas where they're not going to seek out a referral. So criminal defense, like nobody wants to ask their friend um, for a referral to a drug lawyer if, you know, if they're a professional and they just got, you know, arrested. Um, But for an estate planning, yeah, I'm going to ask 10 people, like, where did you, who drew up your will and who, you know, give me a name. So depending on your practice area, you have to engender that trust uh, in different ways. And it may be either through referrals or through those trust indicators. And so if I've, if I'm just got a DUI, I'm walking out of jail and I'm, and I'm probably on my phone for one thing. So, uh, that kind of practice area, it matters a lot more that your mobile site is going to come up first. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to care if on the maps, this attorney has 155 star reviews and this guy has two. Like, that's just going to matter to me. Uh, and then when I click on their site, if they look like a slime ball and I don't want to talk to them and um, they don't feel like, you know, I, I'm not feeling it, 
then I'm going to go to the next one. So those, so long story short, they do matter, but you got, you have to be careful with it and do it in the right way where you're picking things that, you know, first of all, whoever your clients are that they might care about and clients don't know what super lawyers are. They don't know what AVO is. They don't know what, um, you know, some of them might, if your client, sometimes law firms will have lawyer clients. So if they, whatever. And so for those firms, those things do really matter. But if I don't know what super lawyers are, that mm-hmm. sounds good. Like maybe yeah, cool. So some of those are paid and some of them aren't. And so you just have to kind of pick and choose depending on who, uh, who it is that's coming to look at that site. Um, and so there's some sites that, that we've done where they, um, work with a lot of small businesses and th- those businesses care that they've, they've won design awards, like their website won a design award. And so that matters to them. They put it on their website. So you just have to kind of once again, go back to that initial, who are they? What do they care about? And what kind of problems am I solving? Would they care about this, this trust indicator? Yeah. Okay. Then let's put a bunch on there. Let's, you know, let's make sure that they, they trust us. You have to recognize who, like you said, who, who's your audience, who's your client. Yeah. That makes total sense. Also, I feel like, have you ever heard this before? When you get asked a question like, oh, like what's your number one tip to make my website? And it's like, it depends. <laughs> because I feel like working with lawyers, it's always our joke. Like they'll be like, well, what do I do? I just got this DUI and da, da, da. And it's like, well, it depends. Can you tell right. me a few more things? And I feel yeah. like. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the case with, uh, and it should be the case with anyone who's, you know, really figured out their little piece of whatever their work working world is. Um, there isn't any one number one tip except, well, except to start with the overall strategy, no define all those things up front. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I can't tell you this, it seems really obvious after this conversation we've had, but, uh, I've, I talk to firms all the time who've been around for 20 years and they have, you know, maybe 50 or 60 attorneys in their firm and they haven't done this exercise. They haven't sat down and defined this stuff and their websites are a disaster because of that. And they're like, well, you know, I don't think the website does anything. And I'm like, well, that's a problem. Let's start with that. The website should be doing something, you know, <laughs> like it shouldn't just be, you know, basically like a necessity. Your phone number, you know, yeah. it should be doing something. So, you know, let's start with that. But a lot of times you guys are coming in at uh, a different place. You know, a lot of times I'm talking to people who are getting closer to retirement and they really, they, they spent half or more of their career without a website. And so for them, it's like, well, you know, it was fine. Then why, why do, why do I need it? So Mm -hmm. for you guys, that's, it's, it's the cost of doing business. It's like, why do I need to turn the lights on in my office? Well, yeah, you're going to have to turn the lights on in your office. You're going to need a website. You're going to need some electricity. You're going to need, you know, some of these other basic phone. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But some of these old school attorneys don't necessarily see it that way. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, Karin, thank you so much. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. My website is Conroy Creative Council. Uh, It's ConroyCreativeCouncil.com. And I'm on all the social media, LinkedIn, um, and all the other ones. (laughs) I am sure that a bunch of 3Ls and young attorneys are going to love hearing all about this because I feel like websites are so important and just marketing in general is so important. And, you know, we're hearing from the best. So thank you again. Yeah, yes. All right, you're welcome. Wow, Karen is so knowledgeable. Also, I feel like she has a 
ton of clients. And it's like, you just want to sit down and be like, so what's the craziest client you've ever had? (laughs) What kind of law did they do? That's what I was about to say. I was like, I want to know like what kind of law is like the most sketchy in a way. Like the worst client. Right. Because, you know, I was asking about like, what about like billboards and like these ratings and all this kind of stuff? Because when you go on a law firm or like a lawyer's website and you see that they have like 50 awards and you know it's kind of like she said the amazon reviews like are they legit like did they pay for the awards like are they actually you know i just think she had great advice and i also just think the strategy and like knowing your client like from the get-go like that's the most important thing um and you can start thinking about that in law school like as you start interning in the clients that you're working with like picture in your head like do i want is this my ideal client and that can honestly open your eyes into like the practice areas that you want to be in let's say you're at a firm when you're doing i don't know environmental law and you just can't like picture yourself dealing with the clients like that then maybe you should try a different type of law so It was actually really interesting because getting my undergrad degree in public relations, the strategies versus the tactic is something that we learned in school. And so I just felt like, oh yeah, totally. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And it's so true how important it is to have a strategy and how the shotgun approach is just not the way and how many, you know, it was interesting how she said, you know, they think that they know everything basically is what she said. She didn't say that, but I knew that that was what she meant that lawyers walk in the room and they think they know what's up and they also don't want to pay the price that it is for her expertise. But, you know, I think us as young blossoming baby attorneys, like she said, we get it. I, I wouldn't know what a life is without a website, you know? So it's going to be less of a battle to get us to do it, but more probably for us to be able to afford it, you know? So I'm really interested to keep in contact with her and just learn as much as we can from her. And I hope that you guys uh, do the same. Yes. And if you are going to open up your own website, you might want to, I don't know, reach out to her and see if you're doing the right thing. I'm sure she can point out you know, I know a lot of you guys probably can't afford if you're really planning on opening up your own firm right out of law school or something, it's going to be expensive. As she said, like for employment law, like you need a big budget to like mm-hmm. compete with all the other employment law firms. So, you know, just think of that also like in the area of law that you're in, you know, if you start working at a firm right after graduation, think ahead, you know, like, do I want to open up my own place sometime? And what's that budget going to look like? Cause that can kind of give you a picture of what your life, do you have to work for five years or 10 years before you can take the plunge, you know, cause some areas of law might be more affordable to start off your practice than others. So I think it was a very interesting conversation. It got me thinking about, you know, who your client is, you know? Um, and at my internship right now, I don't really have much client interaction. So that was something that I'm definitely going to like look out for in the future. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. If you have any questions or ideas or people like Karin that you know out there that we should interview, let us know. And don't forget to join our Facebook group. We um, we always like to encourage you guys to join the Facebook group when you have a question because, you know, there's so many more opinions than just ours. And a lot of times there's law students out there who know a lot more than we do. So if you have a question where you want 
more than just one opinion, definitely go to our Facebook group because you'll definitely get the answers you want to see. Um, on that note, get your vaccine, uh, wear your mask if you haven't gotten vaccinated and yeah, stay safe guys. Bye. 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 <laughs>